All right, everybody, welcome to what is now, it's got to be like, I don't know, the 36th or 37th episode of Waiting to Excel, and today's podcast is basically just going to be a one-way conversation based on a post that I made on Facebook related to uh, black families that are at or below the poverty line. So, here's the way this thing came about. If you've been on YouTube or Instagram, you've probably heard of a guy by the name of Kevin Samuels, who is a rather provocative uh, host. It's provocative um, to some, uh, not to others. I would say he's provocative because um, some people love him, some people hate him. He calls himself the Godfather. I actually find his um, conversations very entertaining. Um and like the old folks say, you know, you're not going to agree with everything. You take the meat, you leave the bone, right? So he was talking the other day about the fact, he was talking to this lady. And if you've listened to Kevin Samuels, you know, he goes down this uh, sort of rabbit hole where he asks, like, you know, do you want to be married? Do you want to have children? And then he says, well, do you want to work? Do you want to have to work after you have children, right? And this is a way to get um, usually the lady on the other end. She'll say, no, I don't want to have to work. And then he says, well, OK, how much is this person that you marry? How much is this guy going to have to to make that you're going to marry? Right. So that's his way of getting um, the woman usually at the other end to plot a high income level, which is usually somewhere north of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which it would actually take to comfortably take care of um, a family with two adults and multiple children, right? And when I say comfortably, I mean no one qualifies for any government assistance. If you want to go on vacation, you can. You don't really have to save for it. Uh, You make decisions based on, like, logic and what you want versus, like, what you can't do, right? So I'm following him there because that that really does make sense. And so he gets to a certain part of the conversation where he asks, what percentage of black men make over 100 grand? So I'm going to put it in here. What percentage of black men make make six figures, right? What percentage of black men make six figures? I just did the the Google. And so, um, let's see. I'm looking at it. And and I forget the number that he said, so I'm actually going to look it up now. And actually ask yourself, like, what um, percentage of black men do you think earn um, more than six figures? And I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Yeah, so African-American income from 1967 to 2018 looking specifically at 2018 it's roughly seven percent right so seven percent you have three three percent that make more than 200 you have four percent that make 150 to 200 and this is actually i think these are families yeah annual household income so those are householders Household, so a household making two hundred thousand does not mean that it's one person making two hundred thousand. In some cases, it does, but it's that entire household, and a lot of times that's more than one person earning. I forget which number it was. It may have been something like three percent. And I remember thinking to myself, I just assumed. I think her answer was fifty. I knew that 
50%, which is like one out of every two black men, does not make over 100 grand. I would have put the number somewhere around 25% or 20%, right? That's one in five or one in four. Uh, but the number being some, something like 2% or 3%, I was stunned. And then I had to realize, well, Darrell, you know, you're doing all right, right? Fish don't fry in the kitchen. Then the beans don't burn on the grill, right? And a lot of the people who you know are also doing all right. And so I realized I do kind of have a skewed view of... Um, of uh like black america right like based around you know it would be the same as someone who made much less they would assume that number was probably even much smaller right because you never met some you know, whatever there's neither here nor there so that leads me to this site right so i'm like oh like blackdemographics.com i go and i see oh this is like legit they're using u.s census data like they're really doing the damn thing right so I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And if you get a chance, go to blackdemographics.com because it is very, very like intriguing. It was intriguing for me. So there are three different um, sort of graphics that I pulled. Uh, the third one, which is the one that I'm really going to go into. We'll get to that in a second. But for now, I want to talk about the first two. Uh, this one says black business job creation, right? So it's it separates white owned employers, Asian employed owned, uh, owned employers, Hispanic owned employers, and then black owned employers, right? So we'll look at white and black because whites are at the top of this, right? Blacks are at the bottom. You have Asian and <coughs> Hispanic in the middle. So this says that white owned employers, that's white business owners, right? create 56 million jobs okay and white people could employ 39 percent of all white people right with the jobs that they've created does that make sense so white people alone those employers could employ 39 percent of white people okay now, granted, there are more white people than there are black people in America, but keep in mind that this graphic, and in particular this uh, sort of uh, ratio, or this, this graphic, this uh, demographic sort of snapshot, is looking specifically at their proportionate um, tally, if you will, the population uh, in the United States. Going down to black, it says that black-owned employers create one2 million jobs right and could employ only five percent right so if black people could only work for black people only five percent of us would have jobs and i think that's a very interesting graphic i i knew there was a disparity i had no idea it's interesting to see it in um like in print see what the numbers really look like another interesting part from this graphic and it's on my facebook page um Going back to white and black, it says white owned employers earn enough to give every working age white adult $80,902 per year, right? So that means those employers, if they only had to worry about their own people. If there was some weird segregated pre-1960s world where segregation was still 
and in some ways still is like let's be real um um every white person those white employers could give all of their people eighty thousand a year but contrarily um black people would only be able to give four thousand eight hundred forty two dollars to every working age black adult so you cannot live off five thousand dollars a year you know you can live off 80 right so that was one thing that I found interesting. Another one that I found very interesting, again, this is at blackdemographics.com. It showed like party affiliation from 1936 to 2016. Um, you see that somewhere around 19, what is this? Where was the, the really big, 1964, 1968 is really when the Democratic Party got a stronghold for obvious reasons. Think about what was going on in the 1960s. Got that stronghold. In fact, in 1968, looking at this list going back to 1936, in 1968, Democrats held the ex most extreme lion's share of the black vote, being 92% of the black vote. 5% going to other, 3% going to Republicans. And this only goes up to 2016, though, but that was a staggering and very interesting, um, very, 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 very interesting, um, yeah, very interesting uh, graphic. But here's the one. This is the one right here that really shook me up, right? So it's a graph that looks specifically at black families that are living in at or below poverty level. And I don't even know what poverty level is considered. U.S. poverty level, right? Or poverty level income. Let's see what that says. Hey, Siri, tell me what... Okay, so it says with one person living in the family, that's $12,800 per year. So that is the poverty level. If you're making 12000 or less, you're at poverty, okay? If there are two people living in that household, the number 17,000, if there are three people, if you make 21,000 or less and there are three people, that's poverty. If, you know, and then if there are four people, it's 26. So my household for the overwhelming majority growing up, it was me, my mom, and my brother, um, 21,960 is about where poverty is. And I think my mom used to bring home uh, let's see. Let's see here. I want to say my mom made like growing up. I remember like having to take her paycheck stub to work <laughs> so I could get free or reduced lunch. So if we say 1600 a month times 12 months, yeah, that's 19,000. So we, by this would have be, been considered living in poverty, right? So let's go back to this graphic and I'm going to dive into the conversations as well. Right. So it says of the black families that are living at or below poverty level that seven. Well, well, well I kind of gave it away. It's 74 percent, 74 percent of those that are at or below poverty have a female householder, no husband. So these are single mothers like my mother was that are raising one or multiple children, no other adult in the home that is a female householder, no husband, no other adult, 74%, right? Um, it says married couples, when you look at at or below poverty level, 
it's 16%, and then male households or no wife, 10%. So 10% of all of those, right? So if you were to get all of the people that are living at or below poverty and you were to get them into, you know, the parking lot at, you know, Reliant State or what is it now, NRG Stadium, seven out of 10 of them live in a household, that's children included, seven out of 10 of them live in a household where the woman, there's a single mother or single female figure that is the household leader. And so 87 comments from this, this became really, really another interesting, um, a very interesting point. Some people, now this was the main one that really stood out. Uh, Curtis Curley Sr. says, simple message, going to take a lot for people to handle it. And I know going further into that discussion, he actually points to marriage being the answer. I don't think it's that simple, right? Because there's something deeper that's happened. There's this thing called, you know, causation, right? So if we were to, I'm going to give you what Webster uh, says causation is. Causation is the act of causing something, investigating the role of nitrate in the causation of cancer or the relationship between cause and effect, right? So is it that lack of marriage causes poverty? I don't think so. I think it's deeper than that because going back to what I said before, at or below poverty, right? Individuals, I, I don't think I personally know anyone who makes, who's single, who makes 12,000 or less per year, right? So even a single per, a single mother or father or, you know, who made shit, 30,000 a year, right? Is above poverty, right? So it's deeper than that. We have to look at why is it, in my opinion, that, that poverty is more of an occurrence in the black community. And I think a lot of people don't want to go back to it, but I think slavery, right, had a lot to do with it, right? Uh, has, has, still has a lot to do with it because you can't just erase that, right? We we never put, pushed pause on the, you know, flag on the play and, and, and made things whole again, right? Uh, I'm not a real big football fan, but if somebody fucks up some kind of way, they throw a flag on the play and they, they move the chains, right? Or in basketball, if somebody does a foul, right, they stop the game and the team that was fouled against gets an opportunity for a free throw as a way to kind of balance things off, right? To kind of make you whole. I don't think the black community ever got that, right? Additionally, I think when we look at, I found it fascinating how deep religion right like even as like a cultural part so you know uh you know church he sings like ain't he all right like like god is good all the time and not to to take anything away from that but there are other races who are also christian right and religious yet it it doesn't leak into every other and when i say leak i'm not talking about the actions the churchiness and the sort of dogma of it all does not drive so much of um, the rest of their lives, which I think is really interesting too. Uh, 
Jules Butter, who is a professor, says the source Black Demographics is quite viable. Some will read this and conclude that marriage is the ultimate answer and ignore the wage gap completely and the impact of it in addition to cultural bias. Totally agree with that. Now, a little bit on this wage gap. Um, a lot of people, of course not Jules Butter, who is a professor, but a lot of people sort of conflate like the whole 74 cents to the dollar without looking at the fact that, I mean, let's just be honest, right? Uh, is there any inequity in, you know, not only America, but the world? Yes, right? But we also have to look at the fact when we're looking at these facts, when we're looking at data, we have to say, who's more likely to do which jobs, right? So are there more... Um, uh, men who are in tech, who are, are there more men more likely to not only to roll the dice to start businesses and this and that, but they're often more able to, sadly, because of the way society is set up. Um, then you have the option of, you know, there was a study that was done that said that men were more likely to try to negotiate their salary or, or men were more likely to apply for jobs that they didn't even qualify for, right? Like these are actual like tests that have been done um, that show that not to say, not to minimize that wage gap. I think the wage gap more so, again, personal opinion, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert. I think it has more to do with uh, culturally, um, one of the, the least common threads, and you see comedians and people on Instagram make fun of it. You know, you grow up and your mom or your dad or your parents as a whole tell you, when we get in this store, don't you ask for anything, right? You better not ask for nothing. And I think as a people, like we've been that. We've been told not to ask for anything. And if you've been a child, like I've been a child who was told that eventually, they don't have to even tell you because you've been sort of brainwashed and you've been um, sort of indoctrinated with the fact that, yeah, we're going to go in here and yes, there's stuff around you, but don't even look at it. So you don't even look at it. And I thought that was very interesting. Tiffany Hodge says, is the answer to stop having black babies because we see what abortion has done, can't force people to get and stay married. That was a very interesting point. And at the surface, it's like, ugh, it's kind of cringeworthy because it's like, we don't want to say stop having black babies. But I will say this. Personally, I know individuals who have children who should not. In my opinion, if you would have asked me, hey, hey, should this person, are they ready to have a child? I would have said no. I would have said no. And I actually feel sorry for their children. I'm just being, uh, can I be blunt? Can I be blunt? Right? I think I can. I actually feel that it's not fair to their children because their children did not get asked to be put in a situation that their parent brought them into. This is something that we really have to look at. We really have to look at the fact that depending on, we, we know this is a fact, the zip code you live in, the schools that you go to have a huge impact on where you end up in life. We know this. This is a fact, right? And so I do think that when it comes to family planning, right, when it comes to uh, one of the one of the, the huge points that I point to, I think, and this is the ultimate, I think this is the base, I think economics. I think at the end of the day, when people make less money, 
when people are the fifth, sixth generation of poverty, right? You're dealt a certain set of cards. Does that mean that that's what you're destined to? No, but it means that you're more likely to. It means that you can't dream about things that you haven't seen or been exposed to. And at the end of the day, like getting people to where they can make decisions for themselves, right? I think that is the way to go. I replied to her and I said, first, let me say that I don't claim to be an expert. Next, I think it's more complex than simply pointing to marriage as the answer. I think the answer to truly reducing poverty in black community is to increase earning potential and reality, right? Earning potential, right? Like what could be in reality, what actually is in the black community. With more money and resources, people are less likely to make quote unquote bad decisions. Let's face it, at the end of the day, people play the hand they're dealt. While some scoff at the idea of taking out a payday loan to keep the lights on, what's the alternative for someone who's like working at Walmart making $8 an hour and they got a red notice, right? Some scoff at those who let grandma or grandpa's house go after they pass away, but nobody looks at the bigger picture of a family that's faced with the reality of a lack of knowledge and resources. I see it all the time. In fact, in fact, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you saw that last month, yeah, last month I bought um, a four bedroom house, two story, four bedroom house in Toledo, Ohio for $12,000. Now of that $12,000, Eight of it was back taxes. Eight thousand of it was back taxes that this family owed. Two of it was like a water bill that I don't understand how you get a two thousand dollar water bill, but I guess like they just don't shut it off. They just keep building it, and it'll eventually become a lien on the house. And so the 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 son who owned the house, right, the son and his wife, only walked away with two thousand dollars. That's sad. Right now, these people were white and it was interesting because it was like, wow, you hear about this all the time. And it's usually black people. But in this situation, it was a young, handsome black man, myself, um, who's kind of doing what so many white folks have done to black people for years. Anyway, it was a moment. But yes, so so this is a done deal and it happens all the time. And sadly, I mean... Yeah, well, that, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But I continue on saying that at the end of the day, I believe we must work to address these issues. The next generation of black people are depending on it. It's convenient to contribute to, um, you know, that that's not concrete or measurable. Yes, it feels good when we talk about the rubber, when we talk about things. But when the rubber meets the road, everybody gets quiet. You know, in the black community, we'll change, we'll cheer to change the name of a street or a high school before we'll force that entity to invest in changing the trajectory of those actually living on the street or going to that high school. And I, and I, and I did a I did an op-ed on this in the Houston Chronicle where I pointed to, we've got to top, stop taking and praising this symbolic shit, right? Like, they'll change the name of the school to some you know, black leader, hero, etc. And that's great. I love it, right? But they do nothing about it, right? And we take that as a win. That's not a win. It's really not, right? Put put some zeros on a check behind a number, right? And actually invest, right? Uh, and, and, and give us that, um, 
what do they call it? Free throw. We need to do some free throws um, to, to balance the score. It was never balanced. Similarly, you have legislators and quote-unquote leaders that will stir up the pot with bills they know won't pass. This irks me more than, ugh, God, I just, you know, blood pressure shoots up just thinking about it. You have people that will file legislation that they know is not going to go anywhere. It's not even going to get a hearing in committee, let alone get voted out and go on to the, the House floor or the Senate floor. Um, but they do this so they can go back home and beat their chest and say, I filed the bill. They knew it wasn't going to pass, right? They get to file the bill. Then they get activists and volunteers and community people. They get their hopes up. And I think that is just pathetic, right? I think you have a lot of people out here who are excited to stand behind the podium at the press conference. They're excited to get their quote in the paper. But at the end of the day, they really don't give a damn about so much, right? Um, I could say names, but I'm not going to, like, give them the benefit of the doubt, right? They want to speak at the press conference. They want the quote in the paper. They want their picture uh, on the poster. They want their name in lights. And those are the people who are often our leaders that cheer for these symbolic things, Right? Let's keep going through this thing. Um, Curtis Curley says that answer is definitely marriage. I'm willing to discuss this if people have the time. I disagree, Curtis. I really don't. I know a bunch of people that are married that are still broke, right? Because we haven't even been taught that level of the game. Like we, I'm trying to think of a game where as you go further, you get access to more knowledge and it's like, it's broader, right? Like I'm trying to, you know, when you play a monopoly and you have to go around the board before you can, you can like buy property, right? So you're rolling the dice. And the only thing that you can really do is like chance. Like you pull a chance card if you land on chance, or if you land on go to jail, you still go to jail, but you don't unlock the ability to even buy property and all this other stuff until you've gone around the board, right? Then, even when you've gone around the board, you can't buy houses and hotels, right? So, yes, you've bought Baltic or you've bought Illinois Avenue and you're collecting your $22 here, $6 there. You have no idea that if you get the other two of that color, you can get hundreds of dollars by getting a color man. Like, we're still rolling the dice and going around unable to buy property. We're only pulling chance cards, right? We're, we're just doing the most elementary of things. And, and I'll put that in more layman's terms. When I look at, yes, it's great to sell cookies or to sell earrings or to sell candles at a pop-up, you know, pop-up shop or pop-up, you know, fair. That's great and yes that is the necessary beginning of business with a capital b but it's not right now if you own a business right if you own a, a, a either a brick and mortar or you're selling enough candles to where you don't have to work and you can actually hire people and you can make decisions that's what i'm talking about and I, I believe there need to be more of us that are in those positions not only for that individual who's actually doing it i think about the lady i forget her name she has a candle place on almeda right across the street from boris miles's office 
what is it? It's something candles or something scents. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And she, right? She's all on Instagram. She's make she, you know, she is really profiting. Her business is doing great. Other black women need to see that. They need to see like, oh, that's what it looks like. Other black men, young girls need to see, oh, this is what this is what's possible because it may not be candles for them. It may be seasonings. It may be something that hasn't even been invented yet. But in order to get your brain to even go there, you got to see it first. Right. Um, Danielle Norris says, I don't see a single simple solution to take from this of course from this info of course two incomes is usually better than one but i wouldn't suggest people just get married because divorces aren't cheap either also according to the above poverty numbers single black women are doing better financially than single black men i'm guessing that things like educational differences between black men and women is a big factor along with the over incarceration of black men but those are more complicated issues that don't have simple fixes. One note about Daniel Norris, he is now the president of the Harris County Department of Education School Board and an attorney, and he was a professor, and he does like like that nigga there is one of the ones who like yeah, he's got a lot going. He's got his shit together, right? So his word really means a lot. And in fact, he says um he mentions that in one of his responses as well. Secunda Joseph, love Secunda. Secunda says isn't this data why folks do social justice work while we're calling for reparations? Also, the data around the difference in earnings with white colleagues, with male white colleagues, the difference in loans given for businesses that are black owned, regardless of credit, the difference in some home values, regardless of neighborhoods. When it's a black family, we can go on and on. Absolutely, Secunda. I also think like along those lines, I don't know about y'all, but I go down these YouTube rabbit holes and I really like like podcasts like this one subscribe okay um but i like watching <laughs> they have these like uh like people who won the lottery and lost it all right like there's a lot of people like the the majority of people who win the lottery end up blowing the money and i know it's like what huh and and here's why and it's so true if you take two people they're both worth 10 million dollars okay Person A pulled it out the mud, okay? They they were kicked, they saved their money, they were knocked down, they invested, they lost, they won, they 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 built a business and slowly scaled it up to finally have a net worth of ten million dollars. Person B had good luck, was at the right place at the right time, did a quick pick, and they Texas Lotto, boom. $10 million. Person A truly not only understands the value of that money, but is better equipped to manage and know where to send what. Person B still has the same financial literacy that they had the day before they bought that lottery ticket. Does that make sense? And so I think even if we were to get reparations, and I am an advocate for reparations, I think the United States has done it for so many other people, right? And um, yes, I think the the descendants of uh, slaves in the United States should be um, should have access to these funds. 
And so, but but I do believe at the same time that literacy part, like really knowing what to do with it, it makes a huge difference as well. Let's see if there are any others. Shimmy Shimmy Ya says there's a book titled Powernomics that answers the solution to this issue. Also, there's this thing called joblessness not factored into any of these graphs. Totally agree with the joblessness thing. That's why I said more of us need to be job creators. And sort of when I started, I'm looking for Crystal Washington because she always has a ton of like good shit to say um crystal washington says i feel we're missing key data here how many children are there on average in each category how many aging parents this is definitely interesting we need to dig a bit deeper to get uh, actionable insights that is very true uh, coretta brown says basically Black women must gain more support and do what we have to do in order to bring ourselves up out of poverty. Crystal responds, Coretta, I hear you. What kind of support does data say we need? Vanessa Way gives some good examples. I'm personally a fan of putting our feelings and common sense aside to look at data. We don't actually know uh, what that black what black women need to do from this information without comparing it to white, non-white, Latino, Asian, and Native Americans. It may be more of a socialization of women issue first by the item specific to black people. We may find that across the board, women head of households live in greater poverty. Then we'd have to see if they're caring more children, caring for elders, getting less pay. If they're getting less pay, is it because they take lower wage jobs, get paid less for the same job, or are more likely to have less education? If they have less education, are poor women head of households more likely to live in certain areas of the country. If so, what's going on in those areas? Crystal goes in, and, and and all of that is so very true. She's got like 19 comments under it. Christopher Burton comes in and says, Coretta, no, black women need to take the lead in not having children before marriage. You can control your body and have the choice. Mm, Chris. We'll take the meat and leave the bone, right? I think there's a little bit of a, what we say, um, chauvinism, a little bit of sexism there, because it's not, it takes two people to create a child, and a woman has just as much an opportunity to stop a child from um, being conceived as a man does, because it takes two to tango, right? Um, make them strap up, or better yet, put a ring on it, and the poverty rate will increase. I think there's a piece to that. I do think, okay, yes, you, you can't put all the responsibility on women just because they're the ones who um, carry the child. I, You know, as a child who was not planned, right? Like, I was clearly not planned. My mom was 20. My dad was 23. I don't even carry his last name. As a 35-year-old, looking back, at like my childhood from my now 35 year old maturity i'm like Ugh, right like clearly i was a surprise and clearly neither of them were prepared at all thank god my grandmother and my aunts and so many other people were there uh to provide the extra layers right but i do think that that plays a huge role um Coretta comes back with the slap back saying, Chris Burton, stop it. Black women need black men to help. It takes eggs and sperm to make a baby. Um, Jesus Christ, if he didn't come in her, she can't get pregnant. See, there's that Jesus Christ. Um, if he wears a condom, she can't get pregnant. Heck, if it's a vasectomy, she can't get pregnant. Very true. 
Uh, Chris comes back and says, but who has control in the making of that baby? Black women. Remember, my baby, my choice. Um, let's see. Sir Philip Bloom says, I disagree. Men are just as responsible as women. Yes, it's her body, but you're not taking into consideration manipulation and games that men play. Um... I think women, I think people are smart and I don't think that they're these little, you know, fragile women who can't think for themselves. I disagree, Philip. Um, but but he goes on to say this fact. He says a woman can only get pregnant one time in nine months of the year. A man can impregnate nine women per day, 12 months out of the year. So we will not act like women are solely responsible. Very true. He knows his intentions to remove the condom. Must let's not wear one. Wow, they, they get very graphic. It makes me wonder, like, did some of these people actually do some of this shit? Because Philip, that was kind of that was kind of deep. Um, Crystal comes back to say, I'm not sure how we got into a debate about men versus women's responsibilities under my comment, but this is the exact thing I I'm humbly requesting we not do. These are feelings that may or not be valid. Right? Crystal is saying let's lean on data and not just like this superfluous conjecture that's just tossed about right like no um so yeah we're gonna keep i guess wow it gets really deep um let me see and I, and I would love to have your comments shoot me a text at 313-444-8898 313-444-8898. Again, that's 313-444-8898. I'd love to hear what you thought. Um, I'll mention it next time on the next one. And with that, enjoy the rest of your day.